0: All right and welcome back to Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. Today we are here with Rebecca Kennedy who is a body positive trainer and really wants to like myself shift the focus on why we train and like what we should use fitness for. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Mark. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, and let's let's talk a little bit more about like kind of what your messaging is and like also how you got there because I think when people hear body positive trainer, they're not super common. Um, I've had people who are body positive in the nutrition world, but the fitness world, I think, has we have yet to see that shift. So can you kind of tell us how you got there and like what that means, if that makes sense?
1: Absolutely. Um, so I actually, uh, for the majority of my life, had never touched the fitness field. I uh, grew up always being the overweight Um I actually was bullied a lot for my weight in school. Um, I have a twin sister who's naturally very thin, and I was often called the ugly fat twin, and she was called the thin pretty twin oh, and uh yeah it was I was bullied hard all probably starting around third grade all the way through high school. And, um, it wasn't until like senior year of college or senior year of high school, rather, when I had a doctor's appointment, not with a pediatrician, but like a a real doctor. And he told me, you know, if you keep up at this weight and keep going this way, you're down a road of diabetes and heart failure. And he scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and I, I had kind of always saw my sister, making friends easily and being kind of part of the more popular crowd. So I thought being skinny was the way to happiness. So I started my weight loss journey senior year of high school and I aggressively counted calories uh, and I lost about 60 pounds over the course of a year. And I feel like that's when I really started to rely on... External validation from people. I thought, you know, once I get skinny enough, I will be super happy. I will be just like my sister. I will, you know, find joy and I will be the person I always wanted to be because I went from being the ugly duckling to now everybody calling me the fitness girl. And really? I kind of felt this need to live up to that expectation being to be that fitness girl. So I actually became so aggressive with it that I fell into disordered eating. And I, I tried every crash diet. I was over exercising. If I ate a thousand calories, I tried to burn a thousand calories. It was very, very toxic. and, as I started to recover from my eating disorders, I found the body positive community and it was such a shift in perspective to work. You know, I always worked out to burn calories and to meet that societal expectation because I thought that's what would make me happy. And I found all of these people finding a different reason behind exercising and it was very different and moving for me. And I kind of started to jump on that train and started to connect with those people and ask how they came about their journeys. And now I'm here preaching body positivity.
0: Yeah. And I think one, it's such a common story that we've had on the podcast is the, you know, being thin was the solution or like being like, if only you could get to a certain body weight that your life would magically come together. And it looks like almost your twin because she was thin, it almost looked like maybe that was the reason why her life was like that, right? Is that she was thin and pretty and therefore it was better in like some aspect. I think that's kind of the messaging. And I think it's good that you've come full circle. And I think that a lot of people come, you know, a lot of body positivity people are people who are in that space, I think do come from like a previous eating disorder or previous, you know, like um, mental health problems, things like that. And this is kind of what's relieved that which I think is great and should be talked about more. And I want to kind of talk about as well, what the, you know, I think unspoken barriers to fitness are that I think exist. And I think that this isn't talked about enough. I think we have a lot of messaging that is pretty aggressive and pretty one size fits all. And for the people who don't resonate, I think it resonates with like very like type A, very like gunning for the goal mentality. But I think for the other people who just want to be fit and healthy and feel good about themselves, that this kind of messaging really deters them from starting in the first place.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. And I feel like that kind of messaging almost makes you feel like if you can't accomplish it, you're not disciplined enough. So those messages that say no days off, you know, you have to eat perfectly clean or else you're poisoning your body. And, you know, like all of these different, I guess there's so many different myths out there too. There's so many fitness myths, Hell, when I was struggling with disordered eating, I'd spend the entire night looking up new detox teas and new ways to like burn my belly fat and different foods that would help me do that. And I think the fitness world can be kind of intimidating because you walk in and you don't know which path to follow. You, it, all of them seem kind of aggressive, but Which route do I follow? Do I eat no carbs? Do I power lift? Do I, it's, it's very intimidating. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think like that's important to understand as well is that it's very like for someone who's new to training, they're not, they don't want to be a power lifter. They don't want to bodybuild. Maybe they, they, they just kind of want to feel confident in their body. They want to start training for health reasons. And then you go into this environment that is very aggressively, no pain, no gain. Uh, high motivate, like it you know the diets and fitness never fails you right like it's always you didn 't work hard enough, yeah, like, it's like that's you know the mentality that exists, and for people who aren't super confident in that realm it's very unwelcoming like you you're already in a space where maybe you're not super good at fitness yet, like you 're just trying out, and then you already see all these people who are ripped, right, like yeah. everyone is. And the fitness, like the gyms really cater to that, right? Because people who are really good at lifting and people who are really good at being thin will naturally gravitate toward that kind of environment um, because they're constantly told how amazing they are. And then, right, like that's the, like, you know, and I I have so many friends who uh, both been on the podcast and just people in private who have told me, like, you know, the thinner I got, like the more praise I had, but I was dying on the inside.
1: Absolutely.
0: I think, you know, if we're, you and I, it sounds like we work with a lot of like, I let's just say like they're new to lifting, they're beginners or proactive beginners, or maybe they're in the gym and they're not like, they're just not too sure what to do. And that messaging really deters them from, you know, moving on to the next step, because right now they're at step one and they're being told like, you better hit step seven. Like, yeah. point, right. And like,
1: that's like it. It almost makes you, them feel like that's the only path to success too. Is making it to step seven, and you know, and it, it's almost like if if you're not reaching that level of aesthetic success, then there is no success in the gym. And I, I really liked that episode that you had on your podcast about talking about aesthetic goals, about how it's it, it can be so damaging just focusing on that because it it makes you feel like if you don't have a specific body type, which some body types are are just impossible to achieve. If you're comparing yourself to a specific person, then it it becomes impossible and it becomes very, very uh, discouraging when you can't achieve that.
0: Right. And then when you're told like, that is the, the primary goal, right? Like that is health. That is the, that is the way you should be like twelve percent body fat year round, and I think one of the things I really love about your content as well, like both uh, both on Instagram and TikTok, which I'm gonna <laughs> get you to plug at the end, because <laughs> thanks is uh, you know you're you're talking about like the fitspo images that I think are so commonly seen, right? Like your fitness page, so your woman's fitness page especially, and you are catering to an image that is like very fake. That yeah. is. And I think you've kind of like kind of done that on your page on like when people give compliments, it's like people aren't considering the angles, people aren't considering that that, you know, them at their absolute best that somehow they're ripped, but also perfect makeup, uh, lighting, filters, uh, even just like Photoshop is so common now, that like, what are you comparing yourself to at this point?
1: Exactly. And I I really appreciate you mentioning that because It's honestly partially some people feel like it's an attack towards their fitness pages, but it's honestly somewhat an attack towards my old self as well, because when I was struggling so hard with, you know, feeling like fitness was taking over my life and I needed to reach this perfect aesthetic, that's. I felt the need to make my Instagram page look perfect. Like I was always doing the right thing, that I was this epitome of health. And I found it really refreshing to just kind of go on my page and let people know that it's normal to not be perfect all the time. And I'm I'm not going to keep up this, this image that I'm always doing great and I'm always being fit and I'm always eating clean and I'm always looking perfect because that's not – reality. And I just I found it super empowering in my recovery to transition my page into something that shows more of who I am in real life. And you'll even see like some people have scrolled back and have seen like my really cringy fitness posts about, you know, the no days off, like, right train dirty. And it's it's I haven't deleted that because I know that was part of who I was. And I learned from that. And I know, you don't have to follow that path anymore to be healthy.
0: Yeah. And I think that's very important as well is that when your message is weight loss is the only measurement of success, I think that deters a lot of people because just statistically weight loss is super hard. Like yes. it is extremely difficult challenge. If we just look at the success rate, how long it takes the level of motivation over time that we really are not, we're not good at, like, as a species. And this is kind of the, <laughs> right. the example that I, like, give it to people is that, like, when you lose weight, your body is thinking it's starving. And yeah. their, starvation mode isn't really a thing, but your, bas- your, your basal metabolic rate goes down. Um, you're constantly thinking about food. Like, it's a very challenging life. And, but if you think that's the only goal, that leads fitness to be very, very challenging and very mentally stressful. And I think it's great that like, what we're really trying to do here is like show there's another way that your relationship with fitness doesn't have to be calories or weight loss. Is that it really can be like, how does it make you feel? Can you become stronger? Can you become more confident in yourself through your success in the gym? And I think that message is just much more inviting and less, Scary for a lot of new lifters.
1: Absolutely, and I, th- I I love how you mentioned that when you when you're in that mindset, it is mentally stressful. And I feel like that's very under, you know, your body is going through a lot of physical stress, but your your mental stress is is going. You know, you're going through just the same amount of mental stress and. I love what we do because we are shifting from being into kind of a mentally stressful environment to being more into a mentally empowering environment where we feel stress relief and we feel strength and we feel confidence in ourselves. Instead of feeling like we're not good enough, we're instilling that we're showing up for ourselves and that we can be good enough just by showing up for ourselves and achieving goals in other ways.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's a great point. And I think one of the things is that like, if we're talking about like, okay, everyone should exercise, everyone should have, you know, some form of exercise in their life. And I think the important thing is that people are terrible at things that we don't like, or that are mentally challenging over time. And I think like, like if we're going to talk about like, what is sustainable fitness? Like what is something that is going to keep people in for the long haul? It is not a mentally challenging, emotionally challenging calorie deficit year round journey. Like, I think that is something, let's get them into something that they enjoy.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think it's almost that, again, stereotype of fitness, that fitness has to be this <laughs> dreadful place of self-hatred. Um, because a lot of that, like you said, a lot of the messaging is super aggressive and kind of like, you need to change yourself. You need to, you know, do all of this to be good enough. And I I don't know. I feel like I totally lost track of what I was saying.
0: No, um, no worries.
1: <laughs> but I, I guess i feel like that comes from the aggressive um kind of intimidating message of this needs to be as act of self-hatred and again i love what we do because it's almost it's almost still i i don't know if you feel this way too is that it sometimes still feels a little taboo to talk about exercise as an act of self-care and self-compassion um Because it's still kind of seen as, like, this way to, I don't want to say harm ourselves, but in a way, like, kind of, I'm not sure what the word is for it. I I get the word coming from here. I think that some
0: people, when they hear body positivity or people who, let's say, are, like, more health at every size aligned, I think the common complaint is that you're considering someone's happiness over their health that the idea that body positivity is so I think the people who are outside of it come across it as like you're not taking care of their health you just want them to be happy with who they are yeah I think the message that I'm really trying to portray is that we are still very considerate of their health we are just doing it in a way that is more based on lifestyle factors than it is about the weight on the scale
1: Absolutely. So, and I
0: think like I've had people who have kind of complained that I like, I don't measure the weight of my clients. And I think some people have come to me saying like, that's a disservice and you should be managing their weight and
1: doing daily weigh-ins
0: and all that kind of jazz. And usually the response I give is, you know, I'm just focusing more on lifestyle factors. Um, If they have biomarkers that are concerning, like let's focus on those. Um, But I'm just not having the conversation. And I think that kind of like calms people down when it's not, I'm not just telling them that they're happy and healthy, regardless of what they do in their life. Um, But I get what you're saying that like I think when people think of exercise as self-care, I think the misunderstanding of that is that, well, you're not considering what makes them healthy in the
1: long run. Yes, exactly. And we we do very much care about our clients' health, but I think we understand that it doesn't need to be measured in numbers or be obsessive, especially because things like weight, we all know that they – they're based on so many different factors. And I feel like because of society, it's very common for us to base our worth off our weight. And it's much better approach to look at all these other factors that make our clients feel more empowered uh, like biofactors or even just how do you feel? Are you sleeping better? How are you? uh, Do you have more energy during the day? Um, Do you feel stronger? I feel like all of those are just so much more important than the number on the scale.
0: Right. And I think that's really important as well. And one of the things that I think that should be clear is that we've used the weight on the scale or like just whatever your weight is, whether it's like 165 or whatever it's supposed to be as kind of the tell-all be-all of your overall health. Right. And we would never do that with other factors.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Like we would never
0: do that. Is like, well, we have one measurement, like clearly everything else is wrong. And I think like, you know, for the people who only use weight on the scale or only use BMI as well as like, kind of like, well, that's the determinant of whether you're healthy or unhealthy. I think, you know, what is that supposed to represent? And let's check that instead.
1: Right. I Absolutely. think that to
0: me is much more important. Like if it's supposed to be like, you know, being a sort of BMI means that you're more at risk for hypertension. It's like, well, let's just measure blood pressure instead.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Like, like, let's just like, I'm not saying like, don't care about it don't care about biomarkers. Like, let's just go straight to the biomarkers.
1: Right. And that's a great approach to have. And it's a great way to check our client's health without setting them into this panic mode of, you know, basing their worth off of specific measures. Right. And I think
0: that's also important too, is that the self-worth is a big, Um, thing about it is that when people when we look at like confidence like just as like what how do you get confidence it's not done at like a certain body fat percentage or a certain look or a subjective goal such as aesthetics like it's done through accomplishing small goals feeling accomplished like what you can do outside of aesthetics or like what you how you feel about entering a new task and I think that strength training just does a better job of that and aesthetics training is almost like, well, what do you not have? Like, what is the thing that you're missing? And I think right. that is extremely flawed. And like, how are you going to get confidence long term from that?
1: Right, because I I think even with with strength training, with training uh, with training any other way, I feel like you can show up for yourself. You can that's how you build confidence is building trust in yourself and showing up for yourself every day and knowing that you can get better at it. And with weight loss, there's not really a way you can get more skilled at it. Um, there's just, it feels like almost, at least it did for me. It felt like I just went through a bunch of trial and error and hoped that the number on the scale went down. Yeah, you
0: just threw everything in the kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah, that one stuck. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Uh,
0: and that's really the 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 path that most take is that the mm-hmm. amount of people I know who like they've done vegan, keto, paleo, low carb, whole thirty, 30 weight loss. Yeah. The amount of like attempts. And to, like, no avail. And, like, the emotional draining of that is that, like, you're at the point where people will still buy you weight loss things, but, like, almost assuming they'll fail out of the gate.
1: Right. And
0: I think what we're trying to do is, like, there's another path. And, and, and it helps I helps people go on this path for, like, literally decades. Like, I think that's super concerning.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: it's, like, just, it's so long. It's not just, like, I think... It's not just like oh, in your twenties, and you grow out of it. Like I know people in their fifties and sixties who still are worried about like if they have a bikini body. And I'm like, right. this never ends, does it? Like this is right. like and at one.
1: Point it's almost like societal like, conditioning. Like they they kind of like grew up with. I don't I don't know about you, but do you remember like all the commercials, like those Special K ads, and like all of like there's just like so many different like. I remember even growing up, my um, I'd see my mom try all weight watchers. Uh, There's a video called Walk Away the Pounds. There was, you know, I saw about every commercial on TV about how to lose weight. And even as I talked to my, you know, mother about this body positive movement, it's, it seemed a little different for her. It It almost seemed like... On for her and well, like, I don't why, know why would you work out? If it was not to burn food. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. There is no like, other purpose. Exactly. Like, wait, you're not doing it to trim your waistline.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> there is no other focus. That yeah, you're exactly. On that as well, and I think like one one barrier I think I really want to talk about is kind of the one size fits all approach to training, and I think like that is very very concerning is that like really people like i only so, so i train women because they want to be strong and confident lifters they all have different goals and they all have different barriers to getting them stronger and i think the one size fits all approach kind of just treats everybody like they're coming from the same space
1: yes and often it has a lot of the one size fits all i notice comes from very aggressively it comes from like a it almost goes zero to 100 really fast and it's it is very concerning because it's also just very damaging on the body it's almost if you go from lifting no weight to lifting 100 pounds then your body isn't ready for that approach yet and i feel like also sorry, I totally (laughs) lost what I was saying. Um,
0: no worries. Well, you you were talking about basically that like treating everybody like they're exactly the same and like going from zero to a hundred.
1: Yes. And having the same body type as well. Thinking that, you know, we, we all have the same imbalances. We all need to do the same motions. It's, It can almost steer people away from the fitness world because it's like, okay, if, if I can't do this, then I give up, you know, is this the only way to lift weights? Is this the only way to show up in the gym?
0: Yeah. And what would you say is a good way of like, so there's a new person in the gym, they're trying it out. Um, And it's a little intimidating. They're not too sure what to do. And they're seeing all this messaging what would be the number one thing that you would recommend to them to kind of like make it more inviting of a place?
1: Good question. Um, I would definitely say to start small and not be afraid to be a beginner. I feel like that is a big, it's almost like people walk into the gym and they want to show up as that badass person in the gym, and they don't want to look like the weakest person in the gym. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody is starting somewhere. So often when I have clients just, just beginning, you know, just starting a program, I have them just start with body weight movements, just something that makes them feel empowered, makes them feel great. And I also let them know n- not to be afraid to try new things and ask questions. I I used to work at a uh, University of Central Florida and I used to go there a lot. It, there were a lot of students that went there and I noticed it actually was really empowering to just ask the employees like, hey, how do you use this machine? How, do, how does this work? Um, just go up to a group exercise instructor and say, how do you recommend I do this exercise? Am I doing proper form? You know, don't be afraid to ask questions and be a beginner because we all started as a beginner. It's just a lot of us aren't posting about being a beginner. <laughs> We're posting our progress and end result.
0: you're you're posting you're posting the the highlight reel
1: yes exactly you're posting posting
0: the pr exactly working with new weight yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. no no one showing their you know their body weight squat because that's not impressive i think that's the i think that's important to understand too that's a beginner people don't just walk in the gym and they're like well i crushed it i'm an elite level Power lifter now you know what I mean like yes. I think like we all started somewhere and there's definitely like people who are naturally talented towards strength or fitness but you need to start at the level that you're at and that's okay and that's not a bad thing and if you're on step one you should do step one
1: yes and... like just
0: do the step that's appropriate for you I don't think there there's no shame in that you're just you're at a certain level and you need to the way you get better is by working at that level
1: yes and not compare like or at least try not to compare ourselves I as much like, as you can as much as you can like i feel like that's an almost another barrier in the fitness field is because aesthetics are so dominant then it's it becomes easy to compare ourselves to one another but you know when we focus on ourselves and focus on the progress that we make it becomes a lot easier to show up for ourselves
0: yeah. And I think that's a really good piece of advice to like kind of end on here. Where can people find you? And like, I know you, we, we should talk a little about Fit Life Academy as well. On
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I'm on Facebook, actually, I think, under Redemptive Rebecca. Um, I also run an online uh, community where it's virtual training. I do in person training here in Orlando, but I also run a course called Fit Life Academy with my best friend Mallory and uh, we actually have over a hundred people in the course now, which we 're super Ooh. excited about. It is a subscription service, and we give a new workout routine and a new focus each month in we actually do the workouts along with everybody. Um, it's three times a week, but we give two optional workouts for those who like to do five times a week. And we just started adding uh, informational modules as well, so things like foam rolling, stretching, mobility. Um, Mallory is a certified uh, certified in nutrition, so she gave advice on healthy nutrition and how to fuel your body properly. And we are super stoked about building it more.
0: Yeah, no, and like that sounds amazing. And it sounds like a really like positive place for people to go. So definitely check that out as well as your pages. Thank Um, you. Um they're both amazing. I follow you on both Instagram and (laughs) TikTok because they're both (laughs) Thank you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Mark, thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, talk soon, everybody. Thanks again for listening to an episode of Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. I really do appreciate it. Um, If you're a woman who is looking to get strong and feel confident and you want to focus on training that is not about appearance or weight loss or thinking you have to look a certain way, Um, I highly encourage you to use the link in the description of this episode to apply to the Badass Lifter program. That's what the program's about. It's not about being a certain weight. It's not about looking a certain way. It's about, you know, building your confidence from within on what your body is able to do as opposed to what it's supposed to look like. Link is in the description of the podcast episode. I just wanted to say thanks again for watching and have a great day.